you know, I know that this has been a couple couple tough years. I know I I have struggled. I've struggled uh, through my life uh, in a lot of areas, and and over the last couple years, particularly uh, with all the political division, all the uh, the uh, pandemic going on, and uh, the various opinions on that, and the wars in the world and the conflict going going on it's just been kind of a crazy time and and uh, I find myself uh, being torn about how as a Christian to respond and so when I was asked to speak I, I thought well it, you know it's if if I'm going through struggles maybe some of the others are with how to respond to what's going on in the world right now um, so I want to look into what do we do with all the craziness, the craziness that seems to be going on in this world? What can we as Christians do? What should we do? What does the Scripture say about these things? Uh, are we to take up political weapons? Uh, are we to, to ridicule? Are we to call names? Or what, what are we to do? Are we to take it on like the world does? So I want to kind of look at that with you, what I've gone through, and maybe the Spirit will speak to you, and it's something you've gone through and you can relate to. I want to start out in Matthew chapter 26, and look at verses 50 through 54. It says, Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Think of that. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scripture be fulfilled that it must happen thus? The weapon you pick up is important. So, Peter, along with the other disciples, Jesus, they're in the garden, and the temple guards come to arrest Jesus, and they come with swords and spears. So, Peter felt justified in using a sword. He was just meeting it with equal force. He was passionate about protecting Jesus, about protecting the followers of Jesus, the other disciples, his friends. He was passionate. But he was armed with the wrong weapon for that battle and for all the battles that would come ahead. But Jesus had offered them a much more powerful weapon. This is a weapon formed in, the God, in God's heart and revealed in Jesus. Jesus would meet their attack on him, not with the weapon of man, but with the gift of sacrificial love. He would give his life rather than allow them to take it. But he knew he must give it freely. He must give it as a sacrifice to overcome their sins, their blindness, their death. 
He wasn't overcoming his own sin. He was sinless. He wasn't blind. He could see. And he wasn't dying for his own life. He was giving his life for others. So that was the weapon he used. Now, he's the only begotten son of God. I know that. He could give his perfection for our imperfection. But what weapon do we have to overcome evil and destructive forces? And we know they're all around us. In John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's a given. That's, that's what God has promised. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. It's not how we, it's not that we meet people with the same anger, with the same vitriol that they produce. It is in our faith. Your faith in Christ is a testimony that Jesus has overcome the world. Your life and how you live it is now a testimony, a book being read by others about who Jesus is. And he has given us the power to overcome evil. And as a follower of Jesus, we must pick up the right weapon to win this fight against evil. It's very important that unlike Peter, we don't pick up the sword or the same weapons that the world is using. We pick up the weapons that God has given us. When I was younger, um, late teens, early 20s, probably into my mid-20s, I wanted to attack the weaknesses that I thought I saw in the church. Uh, I wanted to pick up the sword of of righteous indignation and tear into the church and clean it up and cut off that which didn't seem biblical and right to me. It turns out I wanted to abandon Jesus to somehow strike out against the church. And my zealousness for righteousness, for righteousness in the church, I was being unrighteous. Now, I'm older, quite a bit, well over 20. Now I struggle with wanting to lash out at those I believe are misleading our nation. I often pick up the tactics of those I disagree with. And when I do that, when I pick up their tactics, I put down the most powerful weapon I have been given, love. James says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Or as the NIV reads, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We have so many examples through the scripture, uh, through life, through church history, of people that stood up against incredible evil, against, against incredible odds, and loved, and won. One that comes to my mind, uh, some years ago, Rebecca and I had the opportunity to travel to the Netherlands, 
And one of the places I wanted to visit uh, was the home of Cory Tin Boom. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I've pronounced it Cory Tin Boom my whole life. And we got to the town that this was in, and uh, we said, Where, where's Cory Tin Boom's house? And, and uh, they said, who? And I'm thinking, this, this woman is world famous, you know, and there's a, it, her house is like a museum. They have tours there. I, you know, I said, Cory Tin Boom. And they said, oh, Cory Tin Bomb. And um, I realized that my whole life I'd mispronounced her name, but I'm going to continue doing it because it's, it's the way I know. But what Cory said was, we must mirror God's love in the midst of of a world full of hatred. We are mirrors of God's love, so we may show Jesus by our lives. Let me read that again. We must mirror God's love in the midst of a world full of hatred. We are mirrors of God's love, so we may show Jesus by our lives. Now, if you don't know Corey, haven't read her books, not familiar with her. She was a Christian in the Netherlands. As I said, her family lived in a small town in the Netherlands. And during the World War II, she and her family hid uh, Jews from the Nazis. And uh, they had done this. It was quite ingenious. They had a fake wall that was there, and they would hide them, and they had an alarm alert system, and it was just quite elaborate, but somebody finally turned them in. And uh, she, her sister, her father were sent to a concentration camp. She lost her sister and her father in that time. And she came out uh, basically alone after losing her family. But she didn't lose her faith. And she didn't lose the strength to continue loving others. Through that kind of evil, that kind of darkness, I, when I think of what she went through, what many went through to maintain their Christian faith, I, I'm, just, I'm just overwhelmed when I complain about things I feel are huge battles right now. But she came out of it knowing that you had to love. You had to maintain that as your strength so that could people, people could know who Jesus was. Martin Luther King, who I greatly admire, said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And it's so sad, so often I, I, many around, I think, we set down, we think we can attack darkness with darkness. We can use the same uh, words and, and the same tactics. But darkness can only be overcome by light. And we can't cast out the hate in the world by hating more fervently. Only love can cast out hate. When uh, Rebecca and I were younger, we went and visited the Carlsbad Caverns. I don't know if you've ever been there, but you go down into the caverns, and it's uh, 
becomes quite dark in there. Now, they have lights as you go down. They've run electrical lights. It's, uh, I don't know what it's like now. I, you know, that was decades ago. But as you went down, there was kind of a, a, a path you followed that they had hewn out. And so you could take a tour down, and it had lights as we went. And we got down to a certain point in the cave, and our guide said to us, uh, how many of you have ever experienced total darkness? And I thought, well, you know, I've, I've been out at night. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in closet. I, I don't know. It just seems like I must have experienced total darkness before. Well, at that point, they turned off the lights that were on, and you are in total darkness. And I took my hand and waved it in just inches, from, and you can't see anything. There's, there is no light to reflect off of anything, so there's absolutely no vision. It's darkness. And to think you can combat dark, that darkness by making it darker, bringing in more darkness, is absurd. What they had to do to get us out of there was flip on the light so we could see a path, so we could see how to get out of there. And that's what I think God has given us, is a path to come through this, to break the darkness. James says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Or as, uh, oh, as I said in the New International Version, it says, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So we cannot depend on those tools that are used around us, they seem so prevalent. And they seem like that, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm, if they're going to yell, I'm going to yell louder. If they're going to call names, I'm going to call more names. If they're going to be disrespectful, I'm going to be disrespectful. And we think that our wrath can produce righteousness. Paul says, do not become, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I, I'm sharing with you scriptures I've known, it seems like my whole life. I, you know, many of you know I was raised in the church. I was, my father was a pastor. Uh, been around the Bible my whole life. Uh, according to my mom, I think I was born on a Tuesday and I was in church on Sunday. And we weren't allowed to miss church, so... You know, I've been, I've been around it. And so these scriptures, many of them are so common to me that I don't hear them anymore. And I wonder how many of us are like that. We're so aware of these scriptures. We hear them, but we don't understand the implications. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, but love your enemies. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High. For he, for God, is kind to the unthankful and evil. That's amazing to me. Now what I know according to the scripture, is that uh, we've all been against God. We've all been at enmity with him. And none of us have been righteous in the eyes of God.
according to his righteousness. So the fact that Jesus sought me out, sought you out, seeks you out today if you haven't received him. It's amazing because he knows exactly who we are, exactly what we're like. And he's kind to the unthankful and evil. So how are we going to respond to others we disagree with? We're going to take the sword out, take yelling out. What are we going to do? I want to say to you, choose your weapon carefully if you want to do the work of Jesus. If you choose the wrong weapon, if you choose hatred, if you choose uh, ridicule, you could suffer by that very weapon. Do you trust the way God has chosen to confront what is wrong? Do you think God doesn't know what's going on in the world and that only you yelling or you uh, putting on Facebook or you doing something is going to change it? Or do you trust the weapons he has equipped us with? It says he gave us love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the weapons he's given us to fight the evil that we see. It's not saying there's no evil, there's not wrong. He's just telling us how to fight it. Are you going to turn to the weapons that the world uses? My past efforts were to correct the church. My present calling is to care for the church and all others in this world and let God be the judge. I want to challenge you to be an overcomer through the strength of the Spirit that dwells in you. Let me say that again. I want to challenge you to be an overcomer, overcoming the situations, overcoming the evil, overcoming what you think is wrong. Overcome it through the strength of the Spirit that dwells in you and through the gifts that that Spirit gives. And remember that it is love that will conquer. question I'd like you to be thinking about, actually not just thinking about it, I'd like you to take some action, is how will I show love and kindness to someone I disagree with? Now, it may take you a little bit to think of somebody you disagree with, but I think in the context of what's going on in the world right now, probably three or four Hopefully not three or four dozen, but at least three or four popped into your mind. And I want you to think how you could show kind, love and kindness to them. I know that's difficult. I'm not saying this because it's easy. I'm not saying it because I do it. I'm saying it's because what God has called us to. And I want to pray for us. I want to pray that God fills us with his spirit, moves us towards Uh, being obedient to the calling of His Spirit, being obedient to overcoming evil, but overcome it with His love and His grace. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much for Your amazing love and grace that You've shown to me. Uh, Just the... 
not just in the past, but the constant trial that I present to you. Lord, uh, you have been so patient, so gracious, so loving. Lord, I pray that you would put in my heart that you would activate through your spirit that dwells in me that love that we could actually confront the evil in this world or that I could confront evil the way you ask me to with love. Lord, I pray for us as a community that we not get caught up in the weapons of the world but that we arm ourselves with the gifts of the Spirit, that we arm ourselves with the most powerful weapon given to mankind, that we arm ourselves with love. Do this work in our hearts, Lord, I pray, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.